Hallelujah, Lord. Excited that you're with us this morning. It's a great day in the Lord's house, amen? Amen. 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 Come on, that was a little weak, but I'll let you slide because it's early. Hey, I want to thank everyone for it came out last Sunday night to our marriage night, our first ever marriage night. It was awesome. I mean, it was, it was fun. We had a blast. There was a lot of laughter. Uh, there was lots of food, and it was just a good time. So thank you for coming out. Thank you for just investing in that, and I know it means a lot to a lot of people. I know I, st- I talked to my class Wednesday night. They were just super excited that they had fun. They had a blast. It was this great time focusing on, on marriage and focusing on their marriage, and so appreciate you guys investing in them that way. I know it means a lot to them, and we're going to do another one in the future, and I hope you can be a part of that and support that because it's a blessing. Uh, Anytime you can grow in your marriage is a good thing, amen? Oh, come on. You guys got to wake up for me this morning. You got to help me out a little bit. Think, I mean, think about, think about all these, like, High-level jobs, like a, a, a doctor or even, I know, for my wife a, as a principal. I know there's certain jobs in which you have to have continuing education, right? They want you to have continuing education. That means they want you to grow. That means you can't stay at the same place. You've got to grow. If you want to continue in this position, you're going to have to grow, right? And same way with your marriage. If you've been married 20 years, 50 years, 60 years, Seven months. You've got to grow. You've got to be willing to invest and grow in your marriage. And that's what this past Sunday night was. And so, again, thank you for investing in that. And if you wasn't able to attend it, I, I encourage you to be a part of the next one. I just also want to tell you guys how, how proud and, and uh, thankful I am for you. Yesterday was a great day. We celebrated a great lady, Sandy. And uh, you guys turned out in a big way visitation and the funeral and the funeral dinner uh it's probably one of the largest funeral dinners we've had since i've been here and you guys were amazing and helped and worked hard and long and brought all kinds of goodies and and desserts and food and so i wanted to thank you it's a very proud pastor yesterday to to um to host this this funeral this going home service and thank you guys for, for being a part of that. I, I'm blessed. I am blessed by you so, so very much. I was bragging on you to Pastor Lowell yesterday and about how good we got it here at Brighton. And it's because of you, because of you and all your investment in Brighton. So I want to thank you. And please continue to pray for the family. Pray for Gail. Uh, tomorrow is the graveside. And so it's a, you know the process. And I think the hardest part is probably a month from now when everything kind of goes quiet and you actually have time to think and reflect. And and you've been there. You know how it is. And so say a prayer, send a card, send a text, do a phone call. Let her know that you've not forgotten and you're praying for her. I know she would appreciate that very much. This morning we're in Acts. We're in Acts chapter 20. Um, I'm excited about this morning. Acts chapter 20, you need to read it. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but you need to go back and read it. There's some interesting things that happen in Acts chapter 20. But if you're a believer today, chances are you're seeking God's complete and perfect will for your life. I hope you are. I know I'm in first service, but stick with me. You still should be seeking the will of God in your life, no matter how old you are. 
Why? Because God has something for you. God has someone for you to interact with. God has something for you to do. God has an assignment for you still where you're at at this time in life. And people who, who seek to do His will, what happens, you, you realize that you're not here by accident. You're not where you're at by accident. That's a great thing about not, 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 not giving up on seeking God's will. Because when you're seeking God's will, what you realize is He has a job for you. He has an assignment for you. That means as you're seeking God's will, you realize you're not here by accident. You didn't just happen upon Brighton. You didn't just happen to live where you live. It's God designed. He has a purpose for you. You are placed on this earth by an intentional God who has a plan for your life no matter how old you are. Can I get an amen? Come on. I mean, how many of you believe this? I mean, Ephesians shows us this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. I love this. This, this, this is one of my favorite scriptures. I know I say that a lot. But this is, this is one of them. Because you think of a craftsman, very skilled at their job and what they do, and they've refined this skill. And as a craftsman, they're creating something. And so we get this very vivid picture of God as a craftsman creating for us. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. This verse shows, it's proof that you have a destiny, that God has a plan for you. He planned it long ago. Jeremiah 29, 11, most of you can quote it by heart. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I mean, let that verse sink in in a moment. Because if he knows the plans he has for you, that means those plans were put in place some time ago. It didn't just happen upon, oh, you're in this circumstance, well, let's make this plan for you. That wasn't it. I mean, that involves some, some reflection, some work, some thought. He didn't just do this on the fly. Your circumstance that you're in right now, it didn't surprise him. He planned it this way. And I know that brings up a lot of questions, and we're not going to answer all those today. Like, why am I walking through this? Why do I? Some of that, we're not going to find out until we step into heaven. But I just want you to look at your life and realize God has a plan for you. Even now, you think, well, I'm done. I'm retired. I got my kids grown. They're raised. I'm, I'm good. You're not done. God still has a plan for you. God still has a purpose. Look at Jeremiah 1.5. God's speaking to Jeremiah before it becomes a great Old Testament prophet. And he says to him this, says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and pointed you as my prophet to the nations. What God is saying to Jeremiah, are there, he's saying, before you took your first breath, before you said your first words, before you said daddy, before you said mama, papa, before you took your first step, before you took your first fall, I appointed you as prophet of the nations. Think about that. Let that sink in. I picked you. I set you apart. I reserved a task for you. I think that's what God is saying for us in this sanctuary this morning. I reserved a task for you. He ain't done with you yet. 
you still got somebody in your life you need to tell about Jesus. You still got something to lead, something to create. You, you still got work to do. I wanted you, I wanted to remind us of this this morning, that we were created on purpose, for a purpose. That you're not just some random person who exists and survives. God knew you. God knows you. God has a plan for you. And so saying all that, I, I, I know that I'm aware of the fact that some people who start off seeking God's will for life, they might align themselves in the center of God's will once they know it, and they start moving in the will of God, but they don't necessarily end in the will of God. I mean, you, you guys following that? You know what I'm saying here? They, they, they start well, but they don't necessarily end well. And we know that can be for a multitude of reasons. They start off well, but they don't end well. Maybe they start off well and met some hardship along the way, and then they quit. Or maybe it's fear, and the fear of the unknown, fear of what's happening, fear in this post-COVID world we live in. We're going to another lockdown. We're going to shut the economy down again. I mean, and the fear, it creeps up on us. In this time of uncertainties, fear, and angers, I mean, I, I don't think ever in my lifetime I've seen so many people angry at the same time for so many different reasons. Think about it. I mean, some are angry about certain decisions. Some are angry about politics. Some are angry about the country. Some are angry about restrictions. Some are angry about lack of restrictions. Some are angry about justice. Some are angry about lack of justice. Some are angry about everything. Some people don't even know why they're angry. They just are. And that's the world we live in. And so we see how it can be difficult. To, to, we start well. We're doing well. But then we face some of this adversity. And it kind of... It kind of takes a win out of ourselves, I guess you could say. So this morning, I want, I want us to see three things. I want us to call us to three things, actually. I want to call us to have a greater focus. I mean, there, there's so many battles out there that are not our battle. Come on, somebody's got to be with me on this one. There's so many battles that they only serve as a distraction for us to fight the wrong battles. I mean, there's some churches at this very moment are divided because they started engaging in the wrong fight and they ended up fighting with each other. So this morning, I'm calling us to be focused, to have a greater focus. Secondly, I want us to stay faithful to our call. And thirdly, I want us to finish well. Run the race right to the end. You know, as a kid, I... You take a test in school, I was always the one, I wanted to be first done. It didn't have to be right. I just wanted to be first done, right? And that, that's a problem. You know, we, 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 get in the, we, get it, we start out really good, and we're going good, we're, we're doing it and, it, and we just want to be done. It's not how fast we can finish, it's about finishing well, about being focused, remain faithful, and finish well. And to do this, we need help. 
to do this, we, we can't rely on our own strength. Because we're weak people. And so to do this, I think we have to be bound by the Spirit. Other translations in your Bible in Acts chapter 20, verse 22, other translations will say compelled by the Spirit or bound by the Spirit. I think that's what a lot are, are lacking today, bound by the Spirit. I mean, you've heard of being bound by addictions, right? Bound by drugs, bound by sin, bound by chains. And so when you put these two, this idea of these two words, bound and the Spirit together, it does seem strange at first. But we know from Scripture and personal testimonies that where the Spirit is, there's what? Freedom. There's deliverance from bondage. There's liberty. We're set free. So what do we mean when we say bound by the Spirit? I mean, I, I believe that if we learn to be bound by the Spirit, compelled by the Spirit, not only are we going to end in the will of God, but during the difficulty, during the challenges, we're going to live and we're going to finish well. And so we see today in Acts chapter 20, verses 22 to 24, Paul is concluding his third missionary journey. He's about to give his farewell to the Ephesian elders, and he said this, starting in verse 22. He says, Now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in the city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. How many right there would be like, is there another road? I mean, is there an option here? Because if you tell me city after city, jail and suffering lies ahead, that's not within my strength. I'm just telling you right now. But Paul goes on to verse 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Paul lived it, didn't he? I mean, my, my life is worth nothing unless I finish my assignment. If you're living and breathing in here this morning, you have not finished your assignment. So we learn some things from Paul. We learn a few things here from Paul's experience about finishing well. The first thing we're going to learn is not everywhere you're meant to go will be easy. Not everywhere you're meant to go will be easy. This is not a, not a, not a fun one to learn. Verse 22, he says, Now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. You may not know this, but Jerusalem was a tough spot. It was tough. I mean, think about it. It's where Jesus died. It's where a lot of the prophets died before him. Even listen to what Jesus says about Jerusalem in Luke. Luke chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus says this about Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as hen gathers her broad under her wings, and you are not willing. I mean, this is one of the descriptions Jesus gives about Jerusalem. You who kills the prophets, you who stones those who are sent to you. I mean, to make things worse, every city Paul went, he received a prophecy. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but in Acts 21, verse 4, it shows us this. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days, and through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Don't go there. 
And then verse 21, 8 through 12, and he says this, On the next day we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. While, they, while we were staying for many days, a prophet named Abigus came down from Judah. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. I think I would have bought a different belt. Gave that one away. In verse 12, when he heard this, we, we and the people were urged, urged with him not to go to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem, this is where Paul's heading. Time and time again, don't, nothing but trouble, nothing but trouble awaits you in, in Jerusalem. But that's where Paul is compelled by the Spirit to go. And now, and, and see, I, bound, I, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. He goes bound in the Spirit knowing what's going to happen to him. He's full aware of what's waiting him in Jerusalem. We get to Acts 20 23. It says this, Except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. Paul reminds us not everywhere we're meant to go will be easy and will be comfortable. Some of you this morning, you're in a place that's not easy and it's not comfortable. And you begin to question God when we come to those places. Like, Lord, Lord what are you, what, 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 I don't, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be struggling. I'm not, I've served you faithfully, Lord. I'm not. It's a reminder for us, not, not everywhere we're meant to go will be easy and comfortable. And this is important for us to know because some quit when the going gets tough. Some leave ministry when the going gets tough. Some leave the call of God on their life when it gets tough. Some abort their God-given destiny when they're met with hardship. Some leave their marriages when they're met with hardship. Some quit their jobs. Some leave their responsibilities. Some quit praying. Some quit the church when the going gets hard. You know what, one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible is found in Hebrews chapter 10, 25. It says this, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What you don't, might not realize the context of this verse. This verse was given during a time of hardship, during a time of great persecution people stopped assembling by fear of persecution i'm not saying there's not a season for everything but sometimes god will ask you to leave a place maybe leave a city maybe leave a job for something else just like he's asking paul what i am saying this morning please don't quit because it's hard Please don't give up because it's challenging. Please don't give up because, well, I've served God faithfully this many years. Now I'm in this mess. He doesn't care, so I don't care. Please don't give up. Please don't give up just because it's hard. You heard this many times, but winners are not people who, who never fail. People are winners. Winners are people who never give up. Einstein, I mean, I forget the numbers of times he, he attempted the light bulb. 
he would have gave up the first thousand times, we would not have a light bulb. But he kept going, didn't he? And so what I want to do, I want to call us to be resilient in these difficult times. Be resilient in these times you never saw coming. You never thought, was, you never thought you'd find yourself in this place right now. But I'm calling us to be resilient. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't, don't give up assembling together just because it's tough. We're going to stick this thing out. We're going to be resilient. The second thing we learn from Paul's personal experience in order to finish well is when God calls you to go forward, it may require you to leave something behind. God calls you to go forward. God calls you into your assignment. It may require you to give something up. Now, chapter 20 is a pretty interesting chapter to read. It, it starts with Paul teaching until midnight. Come on, how many would you like that? No lying in there. Come on. <laughs> Preaching until midnight. To the point, this guy named Icarus fell asleep during Paul's preaching and fell out the window. Now, I've had some of you almost fell out your chair, but luckily it wasn't out the window. They stayed up till midnight to hear Paul speak. And it was on the third floor of this building, Paul, this guy falls off. He was dead. Paul goes to him, throws himself on top of him, comes back to life. He goes over the stairs, keeps on teaching. I mean, what a, what a situation. I mean, you'd have a revival right then, wouldn't you? He left that group. They move on to another group and, and exhorts him a little while. I mean, it's just crazy things happening. But what we see throughout his journey there is the people at Ephesus, they love Paul. They love Paul. Ministry there is going great. I mean, he's raising people from the dead. Paul's leaving them in a good season. They love Paul. Paul loves them. But he had to leave them in order to go to Jerusalem. Why? Because that was assignment. Think about it. That was his assignment. To leave this place where you're well loved. You love them. To go to a place where it's already been told to you there's nothing but danger there for you. Why did he leave them? He left because he was compelled by the Holy Spirit. He was bound by the Holy Spirit. I mean, that was a good time in Paul's ministry. So it makes us wonder, after seeing that, how many of us have not advanced our God-given destiny because we have prioritized comfort over calling? Comfort over calling. And I'm not saying God's asking you to move to Africa this morning. Maybe it's comfort of not after to speak to your neighbor. Maybe that kind of comfort. Maybe it's the kind of comfort that you don't have to speak to your coworker. That kind of comfort. God's asking you to step out of your comfort zone. You feel the Spirit leading you, compelling you to do something, make a change to give. But then you evaluate it. It's not going to be comfortable or, or the risk is not... And so, again, you prioritize comfort over calling. Comfort over being compelled by the Spirit. Therefore, we don't move forward. We just settle where we're at because it's comfortable. Listen, I, I'm, I love comfort as much as the next person. But when you know God has an assignment for you, God has a calling for you, God has a job for you, you're never going to be comfortable until you step up and do that. You just think you're just kidding yourself. 
that lazy boy is not going to become so lazy. It's going to get uncomfortable until you finally decide to step up and do it. Now, I, I, I can't go to Jerusalem, God. I'm busy here. I'm, I'm stuck here. I, I'm anchored here. But he feels the Spirit compelling him to go to Jerusalem. And so he starts to think, well, how good do I have it here? I mean, I've got friends. People like me here. I'm comfortable here. And if I leave all this for a challenging and difficult season, well, come on, how? No, I wouldn't want to go. So again, I want to ask the question, I wonder how, how many of us have stopped moving forward in our race, in our God-given journey, because we're anchored down with other things. We're, 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 we're comfortable. I don't want to make waves at work. You know, we, I get along with my neighbor. I don't want to make waves by bringing up God or, or, or any of that. I, I, I like Things are good how they are. I'm telling you, many times when God calls us to go forward, it's going to require us to leave something behind. Maybe a relationship that's angered down. It could be a habit. It could be a career. Maybe it's just simply how you spend your time. And in order to do what God's calling you, you might have to rearrange your time. I mean, I agree with Elizabeth Abbott, Elliot, Elizabeth Elliot, sorry. She said this, I have it for you this morning on the screen. It says, if you really have too much to do, there are some items on the agenda which God did not put there. Come on. Let us submit the list to him and ask him to indicate which items we must delete. Come on. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good formula right there. Well, God, I, I just can't. I, I can't. I got too much on my plate. I can't fit this into my, I can't take time to have, you know, disciple this person. I, I just can't right now. Maybe you need to submit your calendar to God. Let him do a little work on it. There's always time to do the will of God. If we're too busy to do that, then we're just too busy. I mean, Paul was so committed to Jesus that even his own life took a back seat in order to be available to serve Christ. He put Christ first in the truest sense. And so it was easy not let anything anchor down. It was easy for him to be focused, to be faithful, to determine to finish well. I'm praying this morning that will anchor you down from moving forward in your God-given destiny, in your hardship, whatever that may be. Maybe you're anchored by your calendar, maybe you're anchored by your schedule, maybe you're anchored by insecurity. I don't know what it is. God's asked you to take a step. And thirdly, this is the heart of the message. The Holy Spirit can help you finish well. The Holy Spirit can help us finish well. Verse 22, I love this verse. And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me. But I'm bound by the Holy Spirit. He, I'm sure Paul had a lot of questions, didn't he? But he just knew the Spirit was compelling him to go. I mean, it, it's much easier. I guarantee it's much easier to finish well when you allow yourself to be bound to the Holy Spirit. The word bound here in the original language is deo. It means to tie or to bind. 
So in other words, Paul is binding himself to the Holy Spirit so he have enough strength to go wherever he wants them to go. I mean, what a beautiful picture Paul is paying for us right there. What, and the, the verbiage he's using about being bound to the Holy Spirit. If we want to finish well, this is not an easy task. And it's going to take more strength than you have. It's going to require more of you than you ever thought you had. It's going to require the Holy Spirit working in through us, with us. And so no longer, can, no, can I give me a hand? We're not going to operate in our own strength, and our own ability. But this is why I want you, I just want you to see this morning. Here, let's try this right here. I don't know if we can do it by ourselves, but we'll try it out. A little practice here. All right, this is what I want you to see this morning. Bound with the Holy Spirit. When you're bound with the Holy Spirit, guess what? There's some things I don't want to do. I don't want to go to Jerusalem. Why? Because I know there's nothing good waiting in Jerusalem. But it's like when you're a little kid, when your dad tells you to go, go in the garage, it's pitch black, or go down in the basement, it's pitch black, and you got the creepy thing in the corner, you don't know what it is. You don't want to go. But you're bound by with dad, or you're bound with the Holy Spirit. You, then he goes with you. Come on, you got to go with me. Okay. That's how it works. I got you. Then you go with him. Then I'm not as scared to go. Why? Because I'm bound with the Holy Spirit. I know he's got my back. I know the Holy Spirit is working in me and through me. I know the Holy Spirit is going to give me words to say when I step out and go talk to that neighbor, that coworker. Why? Because I'm bound to the Holy Spirit. It's not me. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the words that offer comfort sometimes in a situation. So when I walk in these situations, guess what? I have to be bound by the Holy Spirit. It's not within me. And so for us to finish well, I think what we got to do is we got we to commit to, you know what? It's you and me. It's not me. It's you and me. It's me and the Holy Spirit. We're going through this together. I'm not in this alone. Thank you, Noah. Yeah. I cannot do it on my own. That's what you need to understand. We try, we try, we try, don't we? I want to be like Paul. Like nothing but torture and prison awaits me. I'm going to go. I'm bound with the Holy Spirit. Bound by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to finish well. Why? Because I'm bound with the Holy Spirit. Our prayer this morning is that we bind ourselves with the Holy Spirit. That we live compelled by the Holy Spirit. That we finish well. That we get to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Why? Because we're bound with the Holy Spirit. We're bound to finish our assignments. I love how Pastor Lowell said it yesterday in the funeral. He said, today as a pastor, my job is done. He walked with, with, with Sandy for a lot of years. He was her pastor. She graduated. She promoted. She finished her assignment. She finished it well. She's standing in heaven. The Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant. Bound with the Holy Spirit. That's how we're going to finish well. In this crazy, crazy world we live in today. Where what's wrong is right. What's right is wrong. And I, I don't, you can't make heads or tails of it, any of it. We're going to finish well.
Because we have an assignment. You have an assignment. Only way we can finish well with this assignment, bound with the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with us this morning? Hallelujah, Lord. Father, I thank you so much for showing us in your word this morning that you chose us. That before we were even formed in the womb, you had an assignment for us. And Lord, our assignment is not over, but we're still working on that assignment. But oh, you gave us, <laughs> you gave us the ultimate helper for our assignment, the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, if we're walking through a difficult circumstance, Lord God, if we're in the middle of a battle, if we're facing something we never saw coming, Lord, I pray this morning you compel us, you bind us to the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we lean into your Spirit this morning. We ask for help. We ask for help in our assignment. We ask that you give us the words, Holy Spirit, to speak to these that you have before us, Lord. We ask that you give us opportunities to share our story. We ask, Holy Spirit, you give us opportunities to, to speak to our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our families, Lord God. We give us opportunities, Lord, to lead where you have us to lead, Lord. Because we're bound to the Holy Spirit. And you're going to give us the strength. You're going to give us the ability to finish our assignment so we can finish well. Oh, Father, I pray in the days we live in, that every heart, every soul in this place, that we're bound to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I need you, Jesus. I need your Spirit working inside of me. I need your Spirit working through me. I need your Spirit giving me the words to say. I need your Spirit. I need to be bound by your Spirit to finish this assignment you've given me. Oh, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just move upon us. Father, I pray if there's those seeking to be baptized in your Spirit this morning, Lord, that you'd fill them. Lord, I pray that you'd fill them to overflowing in your Spirit, Lord. I pray this morning every heart in this place commits to being compelled, to being bound by the Spirit, to walk with you every day to let your spirit lead us and guide us, to lead our conversation, to guide our calendar, to guide our time. Oh, Holy Spirit, we're compelled today. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, give us the strength to finish well. Precious holy name we pray. Amen, amen. If you'd like prayer, I'd love to pray with you. If you want to talk about the Holy Spirit, I'd love to talk to the Holy Spirit with you. Lord bless you as you go.